Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 310, Halloween Turkey Soup, and I am your co-host and the guy who is 98. Point five percent done with the renovations. And I am your co-host and the guy who may have a turkey roosted for in the morning. Your story is more exciting than mine. <laughs> Do tell. I may have to concur with you on that one. <laughs> I went out this afternoon. I got done with work a little early. Went down to Mississippi today to do a bunch of work and got back from my meetings and went and explored a couple new places of not been this fall and found a whole lot of turkey sign in one area spotted three turkeys didn't really get a good look at them but i've found a very black feather with nice golden tips on it which would be a trait of a long-bearded gobbler i'm hoping and i waited around till dark nothing 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 and then when i was about to leave i did some natural voice yelps and I'm 51% sure 
that I heard a single down from where I was. So How far down from where you were? Hundred yards. Mm-hmm. But I had I had walked that direction a little bit before a natural voice called because I figured anything closer I would have heard the wing beats going up. So I mean I saw the turkeys so I know they're in there anyway. But I think I may have them roosted. So I'm going to plan a setup on them in the morning with my bow. And I think even though I'm not a big decoy guy, I think I'm going to put a Jake out there just because I, in this particular area, I don't see how I'm going to get drawn unless I have something to catch their attention. So we're going to see how that goes because I've never shot one with a bow. So I'm probably going to miss, but it'll be fun anyway. You sound really confident in your ability was with the bow i shot five shots four of them nailed the target like killed the bird definitely fifth one shot about 65 feet over the entire target and that arrow has never since been recovered hmm. so i don't know what i did but sounds like it, it might be a little premature shootage uh, no, I mean, I was aiming at it. I don't know if I didn't knock it correctly or if one of those giant blades hit my sight. Something happened because when I pulled the trigger on that one and the string released, all I saw was the arrow sailing into the Neverlands above the sky. Like, <laughs> And if anybody in the West Tennessee area caught an arrow in the chest or something last week. I have no idea how that could have happened. Correct. <laughs> but seriously, it, the other four shots, dead turkey. Most likely a headless turkey, but definitely dead turkey. Well, I'm interested to hear how that goes for you tomorrow. So yeah, do yeah, keep I'm... us in the loop. And might I recommend you also take your recorder? Yes, I will. And my thermocell, because... This area had more mosquitoes than I've ever seen in my entire life anywhere. Mm. I lost three pounds. You, after going to the UP of Michigan, will no longer be saying that. I don't know, man. I saw mosquitoes that had ticks on them because they were so massive. The ticks were drinking the blood out of the mosquitoes that were drinking the blood out of me. All right. We'll find out in May. (laughs) I look forward to it. I've got a special spot marked on the map for you. Good, good. I'm ready to see him. I'll drop you off from the vehicle, and yeah. I'll be hunting somewhere else. Okay. But well, there's, there's turkeys there, tur- so, you know. That's you all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. But seriously, we will see how it goes with the bow. I'm going to get up in the morning, go to the gym, exercise, and get in the woods at 6.30, and I'm just going to hunt till 7.30 and then go to work. So I got an hour, but, you know, I'm just going to set up, put my decoy out. If they're there, then they're there. If they're not, they're not. I'll go to work. Very good. Sounds great. So, yeah, mine's real quick. I have, like, five things left on my list to finish the house up. So, good. All right. So now let's get into the fun stuff. Let's talk about turkeys. Yes. Again. So we're doing... A turkey soup episode today, but it's a little bit of a different turkey soup episode. And this one is going to have you telling us about a couple of your fall hunts that you were on this weekend. And I have to know, while you were fall hunting this past weekend in the great state of Mizzou, did it cross your mind that today we would be 163 days, 9 hours, 31 minutes, and 12 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama? It did not. 
because I was mostly concerned with it being 177 days, nine hours and three minutes from opening day in Tennessee. But I was even more so concerned that it was open season and I had a gun in my hand and there were turkeys to be killed right now. Yeah, so let's get into that because I got a call pretty early from you Friday afternoon. (laughs) Well, first of all, I got a text message and a picture. I wasn't even planning on hunting Friday. So tell us tell us the story there because you actually were not planning on hunting Friday, but you were planning on going and getting set up to camp and getting after them Saturday morning. Yeah, that was the original plan. Why did your plan and, change? Well, sometimes there's divine intervention and you just need to enact God's will on the turkeys. And that was what happened Friday because I got off work. I already was packed up because I had in my head I'd like to get there with 30 minutes before it gets pitch black dark and try to make some calls in a couple areas and see if I could get a bird to answer so I would know where one would be roosted for Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so I got off work. I jumped into my camo and boots, threw everything I had in the car like a madman, and took out to Missouri. And so I'm getting there, and I'm getting, you know, every minute I'm getting closer I'm getting more and more excited because I'm really pumped about it and so my goal is I'm going to get here to this parking spot I'm going to walk 300 yards to this draw that has some good oaks in it and I'm going to work my way down the side of it and call and try to get something to answer me from the tree well I get you know five minutes away I'm on the phone with a buddy of mine we're talking and you know, about who knows what, just passing time for me. And I turn down the gravel road to go to where I'm going to hunt. And I look down the gravel road and I see three trucks. And I'm like, crap, there's a lot of deer hunters already in here or something. But then I notice in front of the trucks, between me and them, there's turkey standing there. <laughs> and it was about 30 turkeys standing in the parking lot hens poults and some jake poults and so just like in a classic fall hunt that you read about in these books you floor the car into the turkeys (laughs) and what's funny to me when i think back on it is there was there was no hesitation like there was there wasn't another option you know what i mean right like when i saw them it was like you know, thank you, manna from heaven, floor it. And so I floor it and lay on the horn and just floor it up in the middle of these turkeys. And they scatter perfectly. <laughs> like, if anybody, if you, you know, you read about scatter and recall turkeys, using the vehicle to scatter, great. It's a fantastic tactic. So they scattered great. And I also think, this is a personal opinion, that by using the vehicle to scatter them, they were less wary about coming back in if you know right. what i mean yeah because i mean it's a vehicle you know you see them all the time yeah, what, me some drunk them. teenager yeah messing exactly. with them yeah not but, a coyote or a hunter yeah that, that's kind of what i figured so anyway i've roomed up in the middle of them i mean turkeys go everywhere they're flying all over the place and i see where you know a couple of them flew off the left side of the road uh, and went that direction so i go into a parking spot get out load my gun I'd already bought my tags, so I'm all good there, and get my vest and camo and everything on. And so I cut out and go, you know, they say to set up at the break point, but I didn't really care to sit on the gravel road. Mm -hmm. So I made a loop 
over to where I saw some turkeys fly about 400 yards and set up in a nice oak draw that was real nice open woods that had a food plot next to it that had been planted. Actually, it was a cut corn field that had just been shelled. And so I sat down there, gave it five minutes of just complete silence to let everything calm down from, you know, me entering the natural world and I let out a series of yelps, nothing. And then I stepped up my volume and yelped pretty loud and immediately a turkey answered me. And I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. And so I did it again. She answered me, did it again. She answered me. And then I see her, she's running towards me, yelping and running, yelping and running. And I'm yelping and we're kiki in and yelping. I mean, it was just, it was really fun. And she runs up to 20 yards I have to swing my gun, and by the time I swing it to get on her, she is in a absolute, at the top pinnacle speed of a wild turkey running. And I shoot and hit her in the back and one wing, which when you're wanting to make a wing bone out of a turkey, by the way, don't blow their wing off. That is a good idea. And she tried to fly and couldn't really because she had a broken wing, and I shot her again, and then she came down and entered into this thick briar patch and I lost her. So I could not see her. And so I was freaking out. So I took out sprinting over there, looking everywhere, gun ready and never found her, never found any blood, never found any feathers. And I was all upset. And so I went back and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go back to the field edge. And you know, if I was a Turkey wounded Turkey, where would I go kind of thing? Um, you know, the easiest access point to get through this because I'm wounded and I'm fleeing. I'm going to try to be able to move swiftly, you know. And so I went back to where she entered, found where, you know, a little deer trail kind of thing. And I was like, all right, if I was a turkey, I would zoom down this thing. And so I walked five steps down that and there she was dead as a hammer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was pumped when I found her. And it was a nice full grown hen. First time I've shot a hen. So that was, you know, kind of interesting, but it's fall season. It's either sex in Missouri. And I know I'm, I'm not going to make a practice out of shooting every hen I see, but you know, I'm not a big fall hunter. And that was a classic fall hunt to me, even though I used a car to bust them, but I did a bust and recall and I've never done that. And so I also, as everybody who follows me on social media knows, I really am in this for the meat is a big part of it for me. So yeah. I, I I will probably eat more of that turkey and use more of it than a coyote would if it caught it. So I went ahead and took the hen, and I'm happy I did it. I really enjoyed it, and that was really cool. So I ended the night sitting by a fire that I built all by myself out in the woods next to the fire, plucking my turkey. So I plucked her and put her in the cooler, and she's going to be served Thanksgiving morning. That's pretty cool. So. Yeah. You mentioned it was a classic fall hunt, but what I envision a classic fall hunt being is busting a flock of turkeys in a horse-drawn wagon instead of a Kia. Well, I meant by... It definitely was not a classic (laughs) fall hunt by any means. (laughs) I meant that more of like a bust and recall. The the bust part was a little interesting, but... (laughs) You know, it, it, hey, you read these books and stuff, you got to bust them by whatever means necessary. <laughs> well, I 
probably have to say it's safer than running around in the woods with a shotgun. Just That's a fact. I mean, it, yeah. honestly, like if I could do that kind of bust every time, I'd be down on that. That worked great. Yeah. And you know, it turkey hunting. You know, who knows? I could have done something else and and had success. But I thought about it on my drive home. I was like, I made a lot of decisions in less than one second that ended up to me having success. And that's those kind of decisions are just made by growing up in the woods and, and learning about animals and learning what needs to happen to be able to get in position to kill them. And I know it's kind of silly to think about Florida in the car, but it when I saw them, it wasn't even an option to not do that. I mean, I could have stopped and thought about it, and then they would have eased off in the woods and been gone in a flock. Yeah. But rather than do that, it was like, turkeys yeah it worked great and i had that other other times happen throughout the weekend too where i made split decisions that that worked and i thought about a lot of spring hunts where that's been the case where it's like you know i've decided i need to move up that one tree and if i hadn't done it in that exact moment i wouldn't have killed that bird yeah i've had i've had so many things happen in that way yeah no doubt and i've also had that work in the other way as well where i didn't make the right decision and it cost me you know so <laughs> yeah so think about that was a friday afternoon hunt yes and how did your saturday go saturday was awesome it was one of the prettiest days we've had this fall i would say it was gorgeous i think everywhere in the southeast it was gorgeous nice and cool morning and so i went out and went to a totally different area found a couple feathers found a couple tracks started following the sign following the sign and calling kiki and a lot yelping loudly and finally about nine o'clock another hen kiki back at me and so we called back and forth quite a bit i actually do have audio of that we can share at some point and she never did come in i went and busted the flock but i wasn't confident that there was a gobbler in the flock it was only three turkeys and they all looked like uh, it looked like a broodless hen flock to me mm-hmm. but there is a gobbler somewhere in there because i found some gobbler droppings and one gobbler track so i know there's a male in there i was tempted to go back in there and see if one of those was a jake and then i went to another area i was planning on hunting and ran into well first i found a very black looking feather in an area that looked very similar to a gobbler feather and then i ran into a deer hunter and he was searching for a buck that he had shot and i tried to help him for a little while but we never did find it felt bad for him and he said you know what are you doing out here with a shotgun you know i was like i'm turkey hunting and he's like oh well one was gobbling his head off right down there this morning (laughs) i was like you he was gobbling, and he was like, yeah, he was hitting it good. Like, That's the way it always works. So then I flipped my phone around. I was like, you say he was right here? And he's like, yeah, right there by that pond. And I was like, thank you for your time, sir. Mm-hmm. I'll see you later. I got business to deal with. So I went over there, and I found, oh, my gosh, I found so much gobbler sign. There were tracks. It's got to be a large flock of gobblers. There were tracks everywhere, and black feathers crap i mean there was everything was right there on this long field thing where they had plowed it up and i'm guessing they put some kind of seed in the ground that's what they're feeding on i don't know but yeah it was loaded with signs so i set up on that that afternoon and i saw the turkeys at 
four o'clock, I saw three turkeys that I believe were male, but I couldn't get my binoculars on quick enough. Actually, I know they were males. I just don't know if they were long beards or jakes. I assume long beards. They seem like that. And they were, they came up to my calling to about a hundred yards and I yelped at them again and all three of them, one, two, then three, stood up as tall as they could and flapped their wings towards me and then walked off into the woods and left. And I mean, like fully flat, it was kind of like, I interpreted it as the turkeys were saying, here we are, come join us if you want. We're going this way. <laughs> yeah. And I'm over there trying to provoke them to come want to whoop me. So that didn't work out too well. Cause I don't want to join your flock. I want you to come want to beat my brains out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that didn't work. I sat there the remainder of the evening calling, hoping they were going to sneak in on me. And I'm telling you, I'm not too, I'm not too sure that they didn't sneak in on me because I was sitting there facing the field and all of a sudden, 40 yards to my left, a fox or a squirrel just, you know, runs up the tree. Something startled him real bad, you know? Yeah. I swung my gun and put it right there because I was like, that's those gobblers. It was 30 minutes after I saw the the gobblers that happened and I swung my gun and got it ready over there because I was like, that's them. They're walking up here and, you know, they just startled that squirrel. But I never did see anything. But I'm, I'm, I don't know. It sure seemed like that was about right where that would have been where they came from and, you know, peeked and looked in there. But yeah. I never did see them, so I can't confirm that. But something startled that squirrel. You know, they don't just do that for fun. <laughs> so uh, something made him run up that tree, and he got kind of scared. But the remainder of the afternoon, nothing happened. Didn't roost anything. Didn't hear him fly up. The next morning, I went down to where they had crossed the field that afternoon and i set up a blind that that afternoon and got ready for the morning i sat down right there the next morning literally surrounded by gobbler sign never did see a turkey that morning and it was about time for me to head home i went and ate some lunch and decided to stop where i saw the three broodless hens and went in there and found where they had roosted and then I found where there had been scratching that night or that day. And so I started following the scratching, mm-hmm. following the scratching and following the scratching. And at this point, it's getting on up into the afternoon. And I'm pretty much within 30 minutes going to need to hop in the car and head on home and be done with Missouri. Because I actually had something come up this weekend. I'm not going to be able to go back anyway. So this mm-hmm. is my last 30 minutes in Missouri in my mind. Yeah. And so I'm following the scratching, following the scratching, calling, following the scratching, calling, nothing, nothing, nothing. And it leads me to a standing cornfield. And this is where things got a little Western. So I'm like, okay, they're in this field most likely. And so I take one step into the field and a turkey jumps up in front of me like a quail (laughs) and flies off. And I got my gun up and another one jumped up and wasn't quite as lucky. So I ended up killing a second hen right there and plucked her. And so we're going to have two turkeys for Thanksgiving this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I have four wing bone potentially calls. One may be jacked up because I shot her wing. And so I'm going to for sure have three good wing bone calls. And I just had a turkey heart omelet this morning from them. Mm. which was fantastic and i had for lunch yesterday when i was getting the wing bones i noticed how much meat was on these turkeys wings 
And so I scraped all the meat off the wings and cooked it up for lunch yesterday, and it was a full meal. So wow. I got that, plucked the whole turkey, and I also cut the necks off, and I have two turkey necks that I'm going to, I think I'm going to smoke those. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with them, but they have some really good meat on their neck that most people don't use. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely utilizing the full bird. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it was an awesome weekend. I mean, that was a fun fall hunt. And reading the sign, I believe, was the biggest success part for me on at least the second hunt. I was able to literally track those birds from where they started the day up to where they were. And that was pretty cool. That yeah. made me like quite the woodsman at the end. That's right. Well, and you did your fair share of scouting before you ever stepped foot on the property. So, you know, oh, yeah. I'm not terribly surprised to hear that you saw birds in the parking lot when you drove in you put the boot leather in so to speak laying on your back in bed looking at maps and you, know you ask opinions of those that you trust you and those that you <laughs> that you value not just me as others and so you know you you had a pretty solid game plan going into that and oh yeah i think that you know, talking to you after you got back from hunting, I was surprised not that you found turkeys, not that you had success, but just that you saw so much turkey sign. Oh, it was unbelievable. They're molting, I think, a lot right now. So the amount of feathers you can find in the woods right now really helps. You know, I mean, it's pretty easy to spot a wing feather or a tail fan feather or a breast feather laying on the ground. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to read that sign. <laughs> yeah. And I found tons of feathers, scratching, a lot of... The tracks were kind of hard to find because it hasn't rained in a while. So there weren't many tracks except for where they had tilled up fresh dirt. Mm -hmm. But there weren't many tracks, but I, I mostly was reading feathers and poop and scratching. And I think, you know, I, as I told you, which I've read many places... The turkey population for the year is at its all-time high right now. Right. The poults that have made it have survived, and they're not as high risk of predation right now. They don't haven't been through winter yet, and you have a lot of birds still alive, gobblers who, when they start gobbling, might get killed. So you have a lot more turkeys that haven't been predated that won't be around come spring. So I think that's a big reason why I'm seeing so many more birds right now. And I think that place is really well managed. Yeah. Very well managed. Missouri, you can tell if you just look at their properties, they take really good care of their public lands. And they have a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So I, I was impressed with, with the place I went to. Man, that's exciting stuff. And yeah. you know, you've, you've got that. I know you didn't intend on going out there to, to kill a hen. You were, you were, you just had gobbler on the mind i always have gobbler on the mind all last week like big time you were going out there and you were going to kill a fall gobbler it was going yep. to happen but you changed your plans you modified your approach when you got there and i think that you took advantage of opportunities that were presented to you and you know you it's what you said you've probably gotten that out of your system or at least a little bit of it that's not to say you won't ever kill another one yeah i can't imagine you're going to kill too many more of them no i don't think i will i was on a mission to get a bird for thanksgiving was plan a and you know i'm a novice fall hunter and so being able to take a hunt 
even though it's hens from beginning to end, I think makes me a better hunter and gives me food for the table. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not ashamed of it at all. I'm proud of my kills and I don't think I need to go kill hens as much as possible or anything, <laughs> but you're not preparing or planning on a hen super slam. No, I haven't quite gotten to that level yet, but <laughs> I do think, you know, it's easy to, for critics to say, you know, Oh, you shot hens, he shot hens, he's ruining the population. But you know, I paid a non-resident license fee to hunt for two days in Missouri and took two of their hens. I think the money coming in from that should be able to help them replace those two birds plus obviously where i was had a very very healthy turkey flock so i think there'll be plenty of breedable birds come spring and that's just where i got to on it so i'm happy i got them they're in the freezer and you know i think a lot of people have read about in the fall aspect who really love the fall hunting they kind of start out shooting hens and you know enjoying all the aspects of fall and eventually they get to where they want to just kill gobblers or jakes and i imagine i'm already not too far from that but it sure was fun i know if i ever get a dog and do it i'll probably kill some more hens if i have a dog hunting with me to reward the dog but yeah tennessee you can't shoot hens anymore unless they're bearded so i will be definitely hunting gobblers or jakes here Mm-hmm. But it was cool, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Fall's a beautiful time to be out chasing turkeys. It's it's different, very different, but it's very fun. And you mentioned to me that it's forcing you to look for and to notice turkey sign in a different way, like you never have before in the spring. Oh yeah, it. I mean, it, this was one weekend, so it's not like I had a Saul to Paul revelation or something, but sure. like. I definitely can see if I continue hunting in the fall and even just from one weekend, I'm going to be a much better turkey hunter without a doubt because I would find a track, you know, and rather than just being like, oh, cool, turkey track, which would be my usual spring deal. It's like, okay, there's a turkey track, you know, probably a gobbler. He's somewhere around here, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. This, it was like, okay, here's a track. What does the track tell me? Okay. I'm going to press my thumb into the dirt and see how fresh this track is, you know? And I I was able to determine the freshness of the track. Like, was this made recently or was this made when the ground was wet? You know, if the ground was wet and it was made, then it hasn't rained in two weeks. So this is a very old track. And anyway, I I could kind of decipher things like that. Like if I saw some scat on the ground, you know, I would get down and investigate it. Was this made recently or is this super old? You know, it, it, you have to read the sign much more in depth in the fall than you do in spring. Cause in spring it's easy to be like, Oh cool. Turkey sign, but I hadn't heard a gobble. So whatever, you know, <laughs> right. In, in spring, you just, you're all ears, you know, like they're vocal. So it's easy to, you know, okay, there he is 500 yards off. Well in fall, he's not doing that. So you got to read his sign and figure out where he is. Yeah. And so I, w- I was doing that. It was very interesting to do. And, you know, even the feathers falling out, you could tell if it still had a lot of the fuzziness to it at the base of the feather. That's probably just popped out of him not too long ago. But then there were a lot where the stem was bare and it you could tell that that feather had fallen out a long time ago, you know, at some point in the summer, probably. So I, I was using a lot more common sense and a lot more woodsmanship, I would say, to try to locate the birds. Yeah. 
And then, you know, I, after I killed the first turkey, I opened her crawl up and saw she's been eating corn and grass seeds. Okay. So what does that tell me I don't need to focus on? Oaks. Right. The acorns obviously aren't on the ground. The acorns were on the ground. She'd have some in her crawl, you know? Yep. So that told me not to get deep, deep, deep in the woods and be hunting these oak flats in the middle of the woods. Like I need to be on the field edges. That's where the birds are. And that was rewarded with the second hen. She had corn and a grasshopper and grass seed in her. Same food, completely mm-hmm. different area, three miles away. So just using those kind of ideas, you narrow out where you need to be hunting. You know, if you kill one bird, you know where to look for bird number two because it's all about the food right now yeah and you know that that was how it went for me so it it was good you know having ray on a couple weeks ago definitely helped <laughs> yeah that never hurts no it never hurts to have a absolute expert fall turkey hunter on and you know ray if you watch his dvds and stuff he he's one of the people who believes that shooting whatever you want to shoot in the fall it does not affect the turkey population so you know, I, I don't know. I'd probably want to talk to Mike Chamberlain or something about that and get a scientist's reasoning on whether or not it does. Yeah. I don't know if there is a clear answer there, but the people who subscribe to that theory think that killing them in the fall because they're not breeding and because the population's at all-time highs, it's not going to adversely affect the population. Plus, hardly anybody fall turkey on so... Mm-hmm. you're not having 40,000 gobblers taken out of the flock all of a sudden like you do in Tennessee in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah, cool. that's how my weekend went, so I'll let y'all know next week if I'm able to get my first archery bird between now and then. Hopefully I can get these gobblers or jakes or whatever they are, these male turkeys patterned down and figure out what their habits are that I found today and somehow get the draw on one of them. I hope so too. That's going to be a challenge in and of itself, getting the draw on one. It is. They're next to a creek. I'm honestly considering setting up just standing on the creek bank with just kind of my head above the where I can see where they where they should come from, and then I could draw below the bank and then raise it up. I don't know. Go it's Rambo be, on them, come up out I of mean, the water that, with the arrow already drawn. and That is also an option. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be hard. I'm going to have to put a lot of thought into it. Well, you'll be dreaming about it all night tonight, so I'm sure by the time tomorrow morning rolls around, you'll have it figured out. You know that's a fact. And next weekend starts shotgun season here. So if all fails before work these couple days, then in a week and a half, I'll have an upper hand on them because I'll be slinging number fives. I like the sound of that. (laughs) Well, cool, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's that's Absolutely. a lot of fun and interesting. Yeah, it was. It really was. I, you know, I I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to be fall hunting quite a bit now. You know, it's not spring, and I don't think anything ever will be spring for me. But it's better than sitting at the house, and for me, it's better than deer hunting. So I'm gonna probably keep doing it. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Well, let's do it. Brief turkey soup, then, if you want to go for that. Do you have an article you want to share with us? I think we we might do four four articles to jump around to today. Yeah, we'll give them a little more fall turkey hunting news. So, speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about Connecticut. Connecticut. 
Connecticut, their Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, the DEEP. 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 So, DEEP has announced the opening days of turkey hunting season this fall. And that is, it's open. You guys in Connecticut, go hunt. Your season opened on Saturday, October the 3rd. And it's going to run all the way through the end of October. Nice. Yes. And so, it's time to get out there and get you a Thanksgiving bird in Connecticut. What is the bag limit for birds in Connecticut this fall, do you know? I am looking. I know they raised their spring limit to five, which blew my mind. <laughs> five birds is lots of birds. Yeah, that that was pretty crazy to me that they raised their limit. You don't see much of that going on these days. Only in states that hate turkeys. Yeah, maybe that's the problem with Connecticut. I talked to the biologist there who works on turkeys, and he seemed very sad about them raising the limit. Yeah, so... It looks to me like the fall season for 2020 is three birds. Either sex? Either sex. Nice. I'm sorry. It is two birds, either sex, on state and private land. Nice. And you can hunt all day long. Oh, that's good for those people. And, you know, they're used to only having until noon, I assume. Yeah. So well. Get out there and get you a fall bird. For Thanksgiving, that'll be fun. Yeah, and for our Illinois hunters, talking to you guys in Illinois, they're refunding some spring permits. Mm, because of so, that? Yeah, I believe this is COVID-related, but some people have already received their refunds, but the explanation is that spring turkey hunters, permit holders, who were unable to use their spring turkey hunting permits due to the ongoing pandemic, are to request a refund. And for those hunters who had state site specific permits and were unable to use those permits due to the closure of state sites, the refunds are processed automatically. Federally operated sites whose hunts were still held are exceptions. So you also can request a refund even if you were trying to just hunt private property and you couldn't because of the pandemic. So if you were planning a hunt in Illinois and you bought a license, and something happened COVID-related that made it where you were not able to hunt, you may want to reach out and see if you're eligible for a refund because I know their tags are not cheap. So yeah, that, that's interesting. I haven't heard of anybody else doing that. <laughs> yeah, that is, I mean, you buy a permit or a tag and you, the state cuts the season on you or, you know, you just don't get the chance to go. And I guess the state's putting it out there on the honor system and giving people a yep. chance to get their money back because there are a lot of people out there still suffering financially. Yeah. No, I think it's a, I think it's a good move because I know our friend Scott who came to Tennessee to hunt, purchased a non-resident Tennessee license and then he got the vid and wasn't hardly able to hunt at all. So, I, you know, in a case like that, I could see it would be good to be able to refund somebody who yeah. had that happen to them. So I think that's kind of what Illinois is going for. Yeah, cool. Well, they may hate turkeys in Connecticut, but in Maryland, they're really worried about them. Mm. So it turns out the annual brood survey 
in Maryland has shown the worst reproductive success in a long time, according to this article. Man, isn't that encouraging? Yes. So they've been doing the survey since 1993, and it's done by their state employees, as well as volunteers, citizens. And they recorded observations during July and August, and they noted how many hens, gobblers, poults, or unknown turkeys they observed. So there were 80 observers across Maryland, Mm. excuse me, Maryland this summer. Any guess? 80 observers, any guess as to how many turkeys were observed over that 62-day period of time? 62 days with 80 observers. Let's say they saw three turkeys a day. So 180 times 60. I'm going to go with 750 turkeys. Wow, that's way off. 2,430 (laughs) turkeys, which is 1,000... 358 turkeys less than were observed in 2019. Wow, that is quite a bit percentage-wise reduction. And they did have 91 observers in 2019 and only 80. Oh, there's your problem. The other 11 had the best eyesight, maybe. Or maybe the best ground. Could be. Or spent the most time in the woods. Or there's less turkeys. Or, like the headline says, turkeys don't exist in Maryland anymore. (laughs) love cnn no (laughs) they you know there there's some serious concern in maryland just like there is in a lot of states but i don't know they had a, a very good observation number last year and you know, maybe this year is the outlier. Yeah. Maybe it rained more. Or yeah, maybe that is it rained one thing. Less. The, the weather factor would be a big deal with 60 days. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I totally get the concern. And especially if you've got states around you that are experiencing some population declines. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that there's a whole lot to worry with over one year's time. But... Regardless, it was a pretty interesting article. You know, this is the kind of stuff that you and I, and I know a lot of the listeners to the show, geek out over. Yeah. Because it gives us the opportunity to speculate a lot. Which is very fun to do. And give our opinions about what's wrong. And yes, it's very fun to do. That's the best. Loudly giving your opinions to all who don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you, social media. Yeah. It's almost as good, you know, it's like the guy at the uh, watching the football game with you who's like loudly telling everybody, you know, what the football players need to be doing. Oh, yeah. That's the best. That's probably one of my favorites when, you know, the unathletic, slightly overweight guy slugging back 20 beers mm-hmm. is yelling about how the receiver just dropped a pass that's in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what we yeah. like but with turkeys. You have another article for us? Yeah, so, you know, last turkey soup, we had a couple dinguses getting arrested for being stupid. Well, this time, we got another one. I don't know if any of our listeners have ever hunted with Hidden Hills Outfitters in Nebraska, but you're not going to be hunting with them for quite a while. 
Mm. And you definitely won't be hunting with Jacob Huftel? Huftel? Huftel. Can I buy a vowel pat? We're just going to go with Huftel. Okay. Jacob Huftel of Broken Bow, because he and the owners of Hidden Hills Outfitters have been fined, and there's prison sentences coming up. So Dang. this article says, you know, they're near, they're in court in Omaha, and they violated the Lacey Act and the Migratory Bird Act. And so Huftel has been sentenced to 30 months in prison, no parole. And after his release from prison, he will begin a three-year term of supervised release. And he will not be able to hunt, trap, guide, outfit, or otherwise engage in any activities associated with hunting, trapping, guiding, or outfitting business for 15 years. Holy cow. And they have to pay $214,375 in restitution. Wow. Does it say what they did? Yeah. But like, before we get to that, just put yourself in that in that place you got to go to jail you got to be supervised for three years and you're not gonna be able to hunt anything for 15 years you can't even talk about hunting for yeah, 15 or, years or they put you back in jail and yeah. you got to pay them two hundred fifteen thousand dollars. i mean honestly the money would be the, the easiest part of all that probably <laughs> oh i'd pay you 215 to be able to hunt for 15 years yeah i mean that especially he's at the age of 30 i mean he's missing his prime years wow Man. So, oh, and they have to, he's losing his 308 rifle, another 308 rifle, all of his mounts, all his optics, all of his game cameras, and all of his hunting equipment because they were used for the conspiracy, is what it says. Well, before you say what was done wrong by the poachers, outlaws, villains, we'll call them, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I'll say it again. Don't mess with the Lacey Act. Yeah. If they want to get you on that, if they want to get you, period, and they can get you on that, you will pay dearly. Yeah. And I would imagine, because it was an outfitting operation, Mm -hmm. they were a big-time example for the rest of the state. So, yeah, what happened? The Lacey Act to... Here, everybody, and that prohibits the trafficking of interstate commerce of wildlife, fish, or indigenous plants taken in violation of the law. Mm-hmm. So, what they did, Huftel and Hidden Hills and other conspirators provided guiding and outfitting services to hunting clients for the unlawful taking of at least 97 big game animals. Wow. 30 whitetail deer. 34 mule deer, six pronghorn, and 27 turkeys. They contracted clients, 118 clients from 21 states outside of Nebraska and provided guiding and hunting services for anywhere from $2,500 to $7,000. They determined that Huftel and other business associates intentionally established and maintained bait sites at or near client hunting locations for the purpose of taking the game. 80% of the archery whitetail deer clients killed their deer within a baited area. Wow. <laughs> and half of the rifle deer hunted and killed their deer within a baited area. They also hunted mule deer on a conservation area when they weren't allowed to be guiding there. And they took turkeys in excess of bag limits. And they took mule deer, deer, whitetail deer, pronghorn, and turkeys with rifles or other prohibited weapons. 
lord. Hmm. I mean, good gosh. Oh, and he also shot a bunch of hawks or falcons. There you go, just like the guy a couple oh, of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> he was shooting power lines with a rifle. Your hawks, they eat all of your turkeys. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but you, you can know, go shoot over the bag limit all day. Shoot over the bag limit and shoot them over bait. Yeah. Ooh, these guys got lit up. So, so far they've had 31 people plead guilty. Wow, it's and, a pretty big operation. Yeah, so so far they've paid in 570000 in restitution. Hopefully that all goes back to promoting habitat for wildlife. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. I, w- so. I would like to know, just out of curiosity's sake, not to try to pin anyone down in any particular state, but... Just generally, where does the money go for those fines? Does it go back into law enforcement for them to be able to afford to buy, oh, new trucks, four-wheelers, ATVs, UTVs, decoys, you know, the little robotic decoys, you know, what, or does it go back into Habitat improvement projects? Where do those monies go? They probably put it all into the Hawk re-establishment fund or something to try to really get the hog population up. Sounds like they may need it after those guys. (laughs) So basically after reading all that, these guys were just complete rogues. I mean, shooting stuff out of season, shooting stuff with rifles, shooting stuff over bait, shooting stuff that shouldn't have been shot. I mean, good Lord. They've nailed them and I'm glad for it. Yeah. If any listeners hunted with hidden hills... I'd like to hear how your experience went. <laughs> uh, was your turkey pump full of corn when you shot uh, him? Any hunters who listening to this show who may have hunted with hidden hills, you may not want to answer your phone or yeah. your door for a while. Unknown caller, just go ahead and ignore that. Yes. Man, that that 15 years, mm. that's hard to swallow. Yeah, that's tough. You know, it's interesting. I actually saw a video of some people turkey hunting at Hidden Hills, and I was like, man, that looks really good. <laughs> that's what led me to the article. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was like, man, that's a good, you know, they got a million turkeys there. Well, heck yeah. If you have them all come into bait, you can have quite a few. <laughs> that's, yep. That's something else. That's all I got for us on the articles. Another. Dingus of the week here. Well, I've got one more. All right, let's hear it. You'll like this one. The title to the article is Fall Turkey Hunters May Face Challenging Season. Now, underneath the title to the article, before I click the link to get to the actual article itself, there's a little blurb. Usually it's about the first line and a half of the article. I'm going to read this to you. This is from the Jefferson City News Tribune. With Missouri's fall firearms turkey season running the entire month of October and archery turkey season underway, the Missouri Department of dot dot dot. Remember the title to the article is fall turkey hunters may face challenging season. Mm -hmm. When I click that article, I get a 404 error, page not found. We could not find what you were looking for. They must have heard about your hunt there <laughs> this past weekend and just pulled the article off the website. That's That's got to be what happened. It's got to be it. 
Yes. Yeah. I did not experience that, but the fake uh, we'll... news has fallen. We finally have someone policing fake news out there and they've pulled that fake article. Yeah, that's what happened. And you know, I'm sure springtime there's probably a lot more hunters out there, but I didn't have much competition for turkeys, which was nice. In yeah. the fall. A lot of deer hunters. I will say if you're trying to bow hunt Missouri, you're gonna have your work cut out for you. <laughs> Yeah, there were plenty of people out there slinging arrows. I think that's par for the course, no matter where you go in this country. Well, y'all can have it. If you want to donate a couple backstraps and some tenderloins to me, I would love to have them. But I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to go out and sit in that stand for more than five minutes. Well, and so you guys listen to the show. Keep that in mind. You can keep another deer hunter out of the woods. Just make a small donation to Cameron. Yes. I'll become like the godfather of deer meat. <laughs> but no, really, if if somebody, if you know, if you have a bloodlust that you need to get out and you just want to kill something, but you don't want to fool with it, and you're somewhere near West Tennessee, I'll take the deer all day and twice on Sunday. Bring him on. All right. And he's dead serious, too, so. 100% serious. Unless it shows up with, like, obvious CWD, like, eating at its tendons or something then i'm i'm good I'll, i will take it off your hands man 15 years no hunting for 15 years that would be brutal man i would be man i'm just thinking they only find him 225,000. if they banned me from hunting for 15 years i would be so rich at the end of that 15 years yeah, I mean, my, productivity, my productivity would be incredible it'd be on on new highs plus mm-hmm. i'd have nothing to spend money on yeah i mean man mm-hmm. all right Every- those years back uh, i'll be laying awake in bed tonight thinking what would i do with myself if i could not hunt for 15 years mm, that's a nightmare especially from age 30 to 45 i mean that's, that's prime years yeah okay enough of all that so let's wrap it up man let's do it do you have a favor of the week or are you going to force me to give one i'm gonna make you do it i think i've done the past two now you have. You've done the past two in a row. But yeah. You stole mine for last week. I mean, great minds think alike, man. I just jumped on it before you got it, so now you have to request the favor. The favor of the week this week is to do yourself and your hunting partners a humongous favor. Know the laws where you're going hunting. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, reading some of these state regs, is actually kind of interesting. And it's something, if you're hunting out of state, or even in your own state, you need to know the laws. Yeah, I mean, they're always changing. They are. They are always changing. It doesn't take long. You know, if you're going to deer hunt, just sit down and take 15, 20 minutes and read over the laws because the stuff, like Cameron said, it, it changes at the time of the year when no one's paying attention to it. Yeah, over the summer. Yeah. You just need to get the you know, state guidebook. Usually there's some kind of booklet. You you can just read that and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. And be very responsible and cognizant of calling in and checking your game when you are fortunate enough to harvest an animal. Yeah. Because a lot of people are getting caught on that. And, you know, it is, like I said a few weeks ago, it's just a very simple oversight a lot of people you know you you shoot a deer the last 10 minutes of daylight of good shooting light 
if you're bow hunting, you give him an hour before you get down and start looking for a blood trail. You find the blood trail, you get to the animal, you're excited, you take pictures, then you think, oh my gosh, you know, it's now an hour and a half after dark. I've got to drag this thing out to the truck, load it in the truck, get it home, get it processed. And at some point in time, you know, I'd like to sleep tonight. Oh, and, you know, I've got a busy day tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. The next thing you know, it's two days later and you still haven't recorded your harvest. And so, you know, for you guys hunting out of state, that's you're going to get caught doing that, you know, by making that honest mistake, just honest oversight, really. And so we'll we'll put the picture of the deer on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's how they're catching, I think, a lot of people now. Yeah. It's the number one way right now is, is social media. They're finding pe- people who posted pictures of dead things and seeing that they didn't check that in. So, yeah. Pretty yeah. easy way to catch somebody. Yes, it is. So, that's the favor of the favorite week. week. I like it. All right. Do you want to wrap this thing up? Thank you guys so much for spending your time with us on the show this week. We hope you enjoyed the stories of our fall hunt and a little turkey soup action. Hope you join us again next week. We know you have choices, and we truly do appreciate you spending your time with us here. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.